Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. Gentlemen, how are you today? Absolutely wonderful. Doing great, Eric. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited. Uh, audience, if you've been with us for the last couple podcasts, the format is going to be a little bit different. I, I think this is fantastic. So this podcast and the next one are going to deal with the same story. Vance is going to give us a bit of that story, talk about it, and Seth is going to come back after a quick break and tell us what strategies they implemented to help these people out. So today we're going to be talking about some twins, right, Vance? You bet. All right. So w what about these twins? What's going on? Well, we're going to talk about one of the uh, things that we all have to face in life, and usually that's automobiles if we're mm -hmm. going to drive. So we're going to share a story with you that actually happened in the past and show you how you can not only finance your own vehicles, but how that might prepare you for retirement later on as well as teach us a lot of different principles. And so what we want to do over these next two podcasts is just be able to dissect uh, one of the sections in Nelson Nash's book on page 45, where he shows financing a vehicle over a lifetime. All right. So the story begins with a set of identical twins, his nieces, who, when they graduate from high school, they get jobs and they know they need to be saving some money. So Nelson worked with them to a point that they both agreed that they would save from their earnings $5,000 a year with a goal of being able to self-finance their cars as soon as possible. But all of us have choices in life. Mm -hmm. And so these two sisters, this is probably the only thing that they varied on. Everything else they did identically. So one person is going to use a well-known strategy called the CD method. This is where we put money in a CD and we collateralize it, borrow some money to finance things and come back. So the first thing I want to get out of and declare here is whether or not the private banking strategies is a long-term strategy or short-term. Eric, what do you think? Oh, it's long-term. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this before on previous podcasts. I know it's a long-term strategy. Okay, so long-term strategies, they don't pick up and go right out in front right at the beginning. And the mm -hmm. best way I can show you and share this with you is if you've had a chance to read Rick Warren's book called A Purpose Driven Life, if you haven't read it, it's a great book. It, it sets a, a life up. He sets it up as a marathon. When a marathon starts, it's absolutely crowded, but it thins out quickly. Mm -hmm. 
And since we're running a marathon, do, the question is, do we care if our competition is ahead of us at mile marker one, five, ten, or even halfway, as long as we know we're going to pass them and win the race? Do we care? Seth, what do you think? Absolutely not. Classic hair and tortoise. Right, because it, it's the end results that's going to count here. So I want to go through some some live verbal exchanges between what I call the herd mentality versus a different way of thinking and doing things. So one of the sisters is going to use the CD method. You'll have to look in the book or get this chart from us so you understand what we're talking about. But they're going to invest $5,000 a year for seven years into their strategies, and then they're going to quit investing new money. They don't have to invest any new money after seven years, seven times. So five times seven is 35. If it's $5,000 a year that they're putting in, that's a total of $35,000. At the end of the first year, the CD sister after she's paid tax on the earnings of her CD, she has $5,200 in her account. She invites the IBC sister over to lunch who has the long-term strategy and asks her, how much is in your account? The CD sister says, oh, 1933. And the CD sister gets this incredulous look on her face and says, I told you those guys were gonna rip you off. You need to get over here to US Bank and let us take care of you. Well, this goes on, and the next year they have lunch, and, well, how much is in your account this year, sister? Oh, $6,359 as compared to $10,608. And so that CD sister says, you know what? You must really be crazy or dumb or something, and we probably had not to see each other anymore because it could be contagious. Hmm. Well, what I'm trying to depict here, here, Eric, and with all of our listeners out there, is that there are short-term strategies out there that pick up and go really quick, but they fade. They start this marathon way too fast, and everybody knows if you're going to run a marathon, you can burn yourself out if you go too fast, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so all through those seven-year period of time, that CD sister is always ahead. And you can imagine how she picked on the other person. But the other person had faith and trusted in her mentor, Nelson Nash, that things would turn out to her favor. Well, starting year eight, they have enough in their accounts. One's got 41, the other one's got uh, 36,000. So they start financing $10,550 of their next car, and they both buy identical cars for exactly the same price. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been taught in order to get the money back, we have to set up a payment schedule, a repayment schedule, even though we're going to borrow from these accounts we want to put the money back in and use it over and over again solely to finance our vehicles. So they set up a repayment schedule that will get them completely paid back over a four-year period of time. In order to do that at 8.5%, I think was the factor that they put, they've got to pay themselves back a total of $3,030 a year. And I think that equates out to like $267 and some change or something. Mm -hmm. So 
He shows on page 45, financing the same amount over a lifetime, what that will do for someone. So it isn't based on any age factor. It's based on years of activity. And year in and year out, every four years, they're going to finance the vehicle. And I think over a lifetime, every four years, it's 11 vehicles that they finance. Incidentally, at year 15, we can look on the charts and year 15 is the year or the mile marker, we'll call it, that the IBC sister goes ahead. And now all of a sudden the CD sister has to shut up. Mm. <laughs> she can't complain anymore because all of a sudden the other sister goes ahead. And the results is 51 years later, from the time they started to invest money to save their money, let's take a look at what the account balances are. The account balance in the CD's account, CD Sisters account, is $258,927. Let's just round it to $259,000. Okay. And she was able to finance cars and look how this account grew just by simply paying herself back and reusing the same money over and over again, getting a little bit of interest and growing forward. So that's a pretty good plan until you look and see what the IBC sister has. In her account, there's just under $1 million, 965000 mm. Wow. So guys, and, and Seth, you know, I want you to comment here. Why, Eric, do you think, why is there a 700,000 plus difference when these two sisters borrowed exactly the same amount on the same day, they paid back in payments exactly the same amount, so there's no change? Why does, is there $700,000 difference? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm hoping you're going to tell me. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll say it, and then I want, this is, this is where we want to dissect a little bit. Okay. The easiest way to do this is right up front, we know that the CD sister is with U.S. Bank, right? Mm-hmm. Does this sister who has an account there, does she, is she an owner of the bank, do you think? No. No. She's just a client, right? Yeah. The IBC sister has a special contract with the life insurance company. It's designed to create the perfect private bank. Hmm. And that contract, Eric, allows her ownership of the life insurance company. And every single year, these companies pay out profits to their owners. And it's a mandate. And the companies that, that we use have never missed, you know, and it dates back to the beginning of our country. I mean, this is the strategy that was the main banking strategy before banks even existed in our country. And that's the difference is those profits were paid into the account, reinvested and compounded at the guaranteed rates. So it's the profits the company made over this period, or the IBC sister was was paid and the growth this is incidentally yield not 
interest rate. Interest rate, we can get into that a little bit later, but the definition of yield is money that's put in the account that cannot go backwards. It cannot be affected by market or any other risk. This is money in the account and it cannot be taken out. Hmm. So Seth, let's go into this a little bit in more detail between the two of these. The other one, you can't, they couldn't get any profit at the bank. And, and I'm telling you, the banks probably made a lot more than the IBC sister did because of the fractionalized banking. Why do we want to tell everybody why, um, about setting up their own bank and receive the benefits of that? Let's go into that a little bit. Before Seth comes in, I want to actually just take one just quick break because I want everybody to think about this. Do you finance a car? Do you have a bank? Do you have a bank account? I would assume you're going to answer yes to those. So put yourself in these people's shoes. And that's what we really want to have happen. Before Seth comes on and breaks this down for us, let's take a listen to some contact information. Do you see yourself in that story? Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Are you ready for help? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. All right, Seth, we're back. This, is, this has been fantastic. I know you're going to break it down for us. Where do we start? Okay, so this is the classic hare and the tortoise, whereby the hare jumps off to a fast early lead, but the tortoise ultimately overtakes the hare and, and ends victorious. And that's because of the dividend-paying and compounding nature of the growth in the IBC private banking strategy policy. Vance, you and I have a, a kind of a funny story whereby you challenged me to to study the nature of a penny compounding, doubling daily for a month. And so I, I started that process. And at about day 15, I started to object. And I said, Vance, it's, this is never going to get to the millions of dollars that you're promising. And you chuckled and said, J just keep going. So I did. And I kept doing the math in my head. And, and on day 30, on about the last three or four days, the light bulb started to come on for me. And I realized, yeah, we were going to get to 5 million bucks in 30 days. And that's exactly what happens. And, and that illustration, that, that story that you and I went through is probably something that everyone should do. That's an illustration in our book, and we'll make it available to our listeners uh, in a link attached to the podcast. If you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. And this compounding growth is the, the, the secret sauce of what you're being uh, taught here with these two twin sisters. One had the compounding reinvesting growth tax-free, and one didn't. There's just so many principles here to go forward with. If that's the case, folks, what we're trying to share with you, we all understand compounding growth, right, Eric? We, we're taught if we've got excess money, put it in an account and try to get compound interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A problem is, is that we can't sustain that very long, can we? It's always interrupted. Yeah. The other thing, what Seth was just talking about in our book, is we show you if it's interrupted, what happens? There's, there's no money in there because all the growth happens in the last 5% of time. This is uninterrupted. We can borrow money out. We can put it back. It doesn't interrupt 
the total compounding. Great secret here. Okay. Mm. Eric, if you were to name the perfect investment, the one that you thought was absolutely perfect, what do you think some of those features would be? Guaranteed return. That, that's, I just want to hear oh. those words. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know if we can do that. Okay. What else? Uh, would pay high interest. Okay. What else? Those two, I'm happy, Vance. <laughs> if I can get those two, I'm, I'm happy as a client. What about if there's risk? Yeah, right now at, at my stage of life, I'm okay with a little bit of risk, but I know as I get closer to retirement, I'm going to be, I want, I want a lot lower risk. For me, maybe I might add, I don't want to pay taxes on the gain. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Isn't that a good one? Yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> that's why I'm here with you guys. <laughs> okay. You can learn. There's actually a list of 16 preferred perfect parts, perfect components, or components of a perfect investment. Did you know that this contract meets every single one of them? Nope. And how do I find out what those 16 are? <laughs> well, we've got different articles that we can share with people. Nice. Again, this was all done by survey over and over again with, with clients and people. What do you think a component would be of the perfect investment? So our listeners out there, they have their reasons too. Man, if, if it had this, I would like that. If mm -hmm. it has all what I've been hearing so far, that would be good. So... This product has been abused <laughs> by marketing and every other type of sophisticated analytic comparisons forever, but yet it still remains extremely solid. Why hasn't this contract disappeared? And why do the banks use this very contract. Tell them about the banks, Seth, and, and how they feel about this. Well, the banks are the biggest life insurance clients. There's literally billions of annual premiums parked in life insurance companies from Wells Fargo, Bank of America, all of the big centralized players hmm. have life insurance policies on their not just key employees, but down to the tellers and so, such that they're funding those into the billions of dollars. It's the it's the most capitalized accounts used because they're no dummies, Vance. They are no dummies, and they've known about this strategy. When they came into existence, they had to compete against this strategy. Banks didn't have any money. They didn't have the people's money. The life insurance companies did. And so they had to, number one, try to set up a system to eradicate this strategy out of the American mind by controlling education. So folks today, is there any level of education that talks about how money works and how money grows? There's absolutely nothing out there from kindergarten to master's degree in college. The only thing we know about money is what the banks have let out and taught us. They don't want us to know this strategy, which I think is <laughs> diabolical. <laughs> mm. When I was five, my, my mom <clears throat> took me to the local uh, credit union and helped me set up a, a bank account. And I was indoctrinated into a system that she was indoctrinated in mm -hmm. and that her parents were indoctrinated in. And it wasn't the life insurance contract. It was put your money in this thing called the bank 
which they can then multiply and fractionalize and create money out of thin air and use your money to make a lot more money. And it was not teaching me about using a life insurance contract for my own private banking, which provides all of the key features that we're talking about and more, and taking financial freedom back into my own uh, hands. And so that's what we're trying to do, Eric, with this podcast is help educate our listeners to the fact that they can actually obtain financial freedom quite easily and climb that out of that ditch and that hole, which the centralized banks and and others have indoctrinated them to to believe through lies. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and when you're, I mean, your example with the twins is, is financing a car. I can only assume that this will also work with larger ticket items. If you want to finance something different, would this work with a, a home or a, a purchase like an RV? A lot of people that are getting closer to retirement, if they're using the strategy, could they purchase an RV and have this still work for them? In Nelson Nash's book, I mean, that question is right on point, Eric. It's, it's right where people who start this journey of, of discovering that there might be a better way, it's where their mind takes them because we've got to ask these questions so that we can make sense of it because we have to weigh it mm -hmm. against what we know. And if we're questioning what we know, we don't have a firm foundation. But in his book, he talks about that we finance every single thing we purchase. Mm. That a lot of people would disagree. No, my parents and my mentors told me that if I paid cash for everything, that's the cheapest way through life. Seth will agree with me here that it is not. It's 180 degrees opposite. We finance everything we pay cash for because we give up all the future earnings we could have made on that money. Again, that, Eric, you're touching on just this one illustration about financing cars, how many things it could open up for us in the future. And I know we're running low on time on, on this part of the podcast. This is a two-parter. From my understanding, just our chat before we even started recording, I think on the next podcast, you guys are going to dive in a little bit deeper to these twins and talk about not only just the financing, and, and I know that you kind of gave the bottom line number, but also being able to take retirement income from this same account, correct? Oh, absolutely. We just touched you know, the tip of the iceberg here. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Seth, any closing thoughts for today's podcast before we, we cut out and, and have a part two next time? Sure. Vance has referenced a, a schedule and cited some numbers. We're going to make that available to the listeners through a link. He has done a Loom video whereby he walks through some spreadsheets in greater detail that would help and aid those who want to dive into these numbers with a little bit more drill down. And so we're going to make that available to, to our listeners at the end of this podcast, free to them as a gift for listening, and just want to help point that out. Fantastic. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time. I, I'm really looking forward to part two. I know that it's it's uh, in the works, and this is something that we're going to be expanding on a little bit more. Vance, how about you? Any closing thoughts? Well, just the fact that, folks, there's probably something else out there that we can learn about money. And I hope we're, we're putting together some, some ideas for you to question the way you've been doing things. We want to always improve and do things better. I hope this is helping. I hope you can see yourself in this situation.
Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it sparks a lot of questions, and that's what I'm hoping uh, that the listeners are going to take those questions and say, you know what, I need to ask these guys or, or email them and, and find out some answers. So, Seth and Vance, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to part two. And, of course, the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Private Banking Strategies podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Vance and Seth come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Private Banking Strategies, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Thank you for listening to the Private Banking Strategies podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of private banking strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.